We have a runner on first, and he takes the shot, and it goes in for the three. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to this basketball edition of Downtown Sports. I am the mouth of the South, John Schiavone, along with my co-host, the Beast of the East, Jonathan Perriente. Now, no pomp, no circumstance. By the way, ad-free, DMB, how you doing? Digital Market Battles. Go to www.digitalmarketbattles.com to get your discovery call done today. We've got a couple of things to talk about, and I wanted to make this an ad-free show, and I'll tell you why. Because we have about three or four things to get to. The reason why this is our basketball edition is because we need to get through baseball, World Series, ALCS, and NLCS recaps, what the heck might be happening in the offseason. Then we've got to do a two a day. Yep. And this coming up is our final two a day. But first, let's get to that World Series. Mm. Yes. To a man. And, and if you thought Kurt Schilling's bloody sock game was something, why don't you try Charlie Morton's? Uh, you brought this up to yeah, me. I'm, I'm, I'm going to say it right now. Yeah. So I posted this because it was such a good comparison. 1996, you know, kind of ironically, that was the last time Atlanta won a World Series game was in 1996 in game two. Is that correctly? That's correct. You know what Kurt Angle did? Ironically enough, in the 1996 Atlanta summer games, Hmm. he won an Olympic gold medal on a broken freaking neck. Okay. Okay. So now we fast forward 25 years later. Okay. Charlie Morton, Uncle Charlie, takes a line drive off his ankle. Turns out he broke a fibula. And he still, for 16 pitches, threw on a broken freaking leg. Wow. (sighs) He's obviously not playing again this series, right? Okay. But give him credit including sitting for a half an inning, he still was throwing 96 on a broken leg. Wait, so he went into the dugout, came out, pitched another 16 pitches, and then found out he had the broken leg. He threw the 16 pitches in between when he got hit by the line drive. So he got hit by the line drive in the the previous inning. He Mm -hmm. finished it. He finished that inning. Then he tried to go another inning, got one out, and then... The ankle just gave out. He couldn't do it. Any, he couldn't push off the ankle anymore. He oh, was going to milk every bit of whatever amount of bit of his body of strength he had in that leg to go two and a third innings. Okay. That, and that, that commands respect. It does. It does. It does. It does. And, and I, I can't believe I'm being put in a position now. I, I don't like the Astros. They're they're terrible for what they did, the cheating and all and that. Ironic, Morton was an Astro and was part of that World Series team four years hmm. ago. Yeah. Oh, all the irony and all the different ways this can go. But here's the thing. I can't believe that I'm actually saying this. Yes. I, I want the, the, the Braves to... Oh, yeah, God. T- t- today, Junior, to, to, to win. If you call me Junior again, I'm going to smack you. Um, hey, Billy Madison. I have to I had to get the Billy Madison bit out. 
Yeah, sure. Great. Wonderful. I am forced to root for my division rival over this stupid Astros team, which I wish would just go away. Don't we all want them to go away? Yes. And they keep losing players, and yet they somehow still don't go away. Well, unfortunately, at least for game one, Atlanta won the, that game, 6-2. Yes, congratulations. Yeah, they're not going to win the rest of the series, though. Well, as of right now, Atlanta is losing 5-1. Yeah, what did I tell you? Play through can't, four keep that, can't keep that Astros offense. That We talked about this before we did this today. Can't keep that Astros offense down. Those bats are just way too good. And, yeah, Michael Brant, my, uh, Brantley, Malin, Bregman, you knew they were all going to go off, and yeah, Max Freed uh, of late has not been pitching very well. This is now the third consecutive bad start for Max Freed. Yeah, but you were the guy that was saying, oh, they still got Max well, Freed. What are you talking have, about? They, can they, put still, Drew have, out they there. still have a bullpen that Houston doesn't have. Their bullpen is still better. If yes. they get a lead and their pen comes in, if you're Atlanta, you like Atlanta's chances. I you're mean, different. there are some minor league teams with a better bullpen than the Astros, but. Yeah. Yeah. But look. Both teams now have to basically bullpen games from here on. Neither team's got a starter now. That's really dependable. McCullers out. Is Granky very reliable? No. Is Max Freed very reliable? No. Well, you hope he had better be if you're well, Atlanta. He had better well, be. Well, right now, Max Freed didn't pitch well today, and you're going to need nope. Max Freed for at least game five. You do. You Just do. Because no Charlie Morton. The only unless, good you could, unless you could put a cast on his uh, – Unless you could put a cast on his leg and have him go out there for an inning. The only good benefit for Atlanta's sake is you're going to have three games in Atlanta coming up after today. Yeah, but the here's game. the problem. Yeah. What help is it when you have three games in Atlanta? And you hear that? That noise? That's the bell. That's the bell tolling for Atlanta. The only thing I'm hearing are going to be the tomahawk chop chants and the booing of the Strohs every time they come to the plate. That's uh, all you're going to hear in Atlanta. That is all you're going to hear in this battle of the Deep South. By the way, to, to, just saying this, just saying this, now that the Tomahawk Chop is going to be on world display in the World Series, how long do you think until there are going to be calls for the Atlanta Braves to change their name? Uh, the, the Tomahawk Chops were on full display in 1996 in the World Series. That was televised live for the world to see, right? 99. Yeah, but we're we're a little bit more of a woke society today where we don't like to, uh, and I you suppose, know, make fun of Native Americans. And then I suppose, hold on, and then I suppose the Florida State Seminoles can't do Seminole chants anymore, right? Is that going to be next? Yeah, that might be next. And what about the Chiefs? They're, they're probably, actually, the Chiefs are the next one. They're looking to change that soon enough, too. Already had the Washington Redskins. Now go back to being the Washington football team. Well, no, no, no. They, they became the Washington became football the Washington. team. Yeah. Now, now uh, the Indians are no longer going to be the Indians. They're going to be the Guardians Cleveland starting. Guardians. Yeah. And yeah, they're uh, doing a look final giveaways uh, for anybody to get the logo of Chief Wahoo before he's yeah. no longer there anymore. Before he's no longer allowed to be because you know what? Chief Wahoo was a racist, and so was the Tomahawk Chop, and so was the Washington football team's former name, and 
you know what? It's about time we stop. It's about time we stopped uh, making fun of Native Americans for sports teams. You know, just, just saying. That's a, that's a good thing, though. I mean, look, I mean, good job for Atlanta. They, they, they're losing five to one now to Houston. They're going to be down. Uh, they're going to be a uh, tied one game to one. Of course, of course. But let's look at it this way. Look, the way this is going right now, neither side's got pitching. This could be anybody's series to win right now. Remember, we're going to go to the we go to the National League stadiums for the next three games. We're going to Atlanta, no DH. This is so exactly. How are you going to bullpen a game with having to deal with the pitcher's spot? Well, I'd like to know how you're going to get through that. Well, one of your bulk guys, and in this case, the Braves have Drew Smiley. He can give you four innings in relief, and then maybe piece it together there. Okay. So who do the Braves uh, actually could you, before we go on to uh, our, our uh, last two on two of the season? Yes. Uh, to, to finish off our basketball edition. Who are the starters going to be for game three? Do we know that yet? Here, let's pull it up right now and take a look. Uh, it's a very right now. This is going to be very interesting for the uh, the Strohs today or Keaty's pitching right now. It'll be Luis Garcia for the Strohs and Ian Anderson for the Braves for game three. Now, Atlanta has replaced Charlie Morton due to his injury. They will bring up Tucker Davidson, a rookie, to replace oh. Morton, a left-hander. On the rotation. Yeah. So it, so there's not going to be bullpenning. There's going to be a rookie left-hander. A rookie named Tucker Davidson. Watch him go out and no-hit the Astros. Well, anything's possible. Tucker what Davidson. happens when rookies, like, look at rookies that all of a sudden get thrust into the World Series. I mean, uh, well, it, it's happened. We, look, we've seen weirder stuff. We've already seen Houston utilize a rookie of their own in, well, in Jose Siri. He's already made his presence known in the very beginning of this series. In fact, he became the first player of all time to make his major league debut in September or later and then have an RBI in the World Series that same year. Wow. Yesterday, Jorge Soler became the first player in Major League history to lead off the World Series with a home run. In the 117-year wow. history of the World Series, never did we have a home run lead off a World Series. You That's believe crazy. that? You believe That's that? Crazy. That's completely insane. That is completely, like, bonkers. But you know what? We need to get to one more thing before we move on to the two-on-two, the, the, the two-on-two, the Who's winning this? Work stoppages. Yeah, big problem. Because I, I hope you guys enjoy this World Series that you're getting because this might be the last baseball you watch for a long, long time. And if uh, the, the the negotiations uh, that the Players Union and the ownership had over COVID schedules and uh, all of that mess is any indication as to how well they're going to do in this collective bargaining agreement, we're not going to have baseball for half the year. Well, we might end up with another 60-game season. That really depends on if the Players Union and Major League Baseball come together on a deal. And here's the problem with that. Now, the uh, CBA will expire Yep, December 2nd. On December 1st at 11.59, the CBA will expire. December 2nd is literally when it will all could all come crashing down. And baseball's already said a work stoppage is imminent. For December 2nd. Hold on. Imminent? I, I thought I was hearing that it wasn't going to be. Well, there have been a lot of reports that it's almost certain baseball will have its first work stoppage in 26 years. 
Wow. So you know when the last time was we had a work stoppage, ladies and gentlemen? Before the uh, steroided home run 1994. Race? Yeah, that was the year before the steroid race. I mean, I mean, the home run race between uh, McGuire and uh, Sosa. The steroid race. Yeah. I don't like when I hear almost certain to have a work stoppage. And both sides are currently at, this is an article written by Dane Perry via cbssports.com. Mm-hmm. Both sides are reportedly not optimistic that a new CBA can be agreed to before the current one expires. So I have a question. How long until Tony Clark is out as the uh, person in charge of the players union? Oh, because because so far, so terrible. If you're Tony Clark. Yeah. Well, let's not forget. This was mushrooming for about a year now or two years now. Look what happened with COVID-19. Look what happened with the players union and the and major league owners all trying to come to an agreement on how many games to play during a pandemic when COVID hit in 2020 and canceled the first half of the year. I was amazed we even had 60 games in 2020. I was stunned we even had a season at all. I, I didn't think we were going to. And, and oh. At that point, I was I, I was almost certain that we shouldn't have had because, first, you know. Owners wanted to do at one point 82 games. The Players Association wanted to do 114 then the owners went with 76, then 72. Neither side could reach an agreement on how many games they wanted to play. Yep, so that, that's how we game. ended up with this 60-game monstrosity that we had last year. And you saw and, the effects of what that 60-game season did to players, not just from 2020, but from 2021 as well. Look how much it affected the players into this year. Look how many players, you know, again, we, we, let's not even forget the spider tack came into play. And look where that, look how many pitchers that messed up. Stuff. Huh? Are we really going back to sticky stuff talk? Not okay, let's get off the sticky stuff talk. Yeah, please. We're going to get off. We got to get off that because we have to get off baseball because we have something that we have to do. Well, the last two on two of the season. Yeah. And we're going to be going down south. First, let's start with the Eastern Conference. By the way, I want to thank Krista Large. He put together all of these two on twos. The Southeast Division of the Eastern Conference. Let's first start off with the Atlanta Hawks. Oh, we saw what Atlanta did last year. We saw the run the Hawks went on. They beat the Knicks in the conference quarterfinals. They went on to lose to Milwaukee in the conference finals. My question is this. Trey Young, is he Steph Curry 2.0 or is he something a little better? Well, we saw a taste of what Trey young could be in a playoff. We, we were treated to a real performance by him as much as yes, we were. He came on the scene. I mean, the people in Atlanta knew who he was. People in his uh, division knew who he was, but the people uh, maybe in the rest of the Eastern conference did not. I really wasn't uh, too keen on Trey. Young. I mean, I heard a good player, nice player and all that, but we didn't know he would. Well, wow, I didn't know he was that. I didn't know he was going to be that. Well, ladies and gentlemen, Trey Young is now no joke in this league. Uh, will he be the next Curry? I don't know about that. Uh, he doesn't have Curry's precision three-point shooting. I don't know if he ever will possess what Curry does. He'll be close, but he won't be Steph. So are the Hawks a sleeper? Now, I wouldn't call a team that made the Eastern Conference Finals last year a sleeper. Oh. I would call them somebody that is like the Knicks are a sleeper. The Celtics are a sleeper. 
the Hawks are not a sleeper. This is a team you expect at the top now. Because let's be real. It's uh, Bucks, Nets, Hawks, Sixers, Knicks. Mm-hmm. That's your top five at this point, right? Let's run down the NBA standings and take the Bulls are on the top. Right now, if you look at the whole Eastern Conference, it is the Bulls on the top. The Knicks are number two. The Hornets are three. The Bucks are four. The Heat are five. The Wizards, six. Hawks, seven. Nets are eight. Those are your top eight right now in the Eastern Conference at this very moment. Obviously, few teams have played fewer games than the other, but that is what we got currently right now. Well, yeah, but um, let, let, we're, we're talking realistic terms. Oh, like, yeah, yeah. Uh, the Hawks would be the Hawks will be higher up than, than where they are at center. They'll be much higher. Yeah, right now, because like let's let's look at the best teams in the Eastern Conference. Right, you got the Bucks at the top. You got the Nets right there at number two. I think without Kyrie, they're not better than Milwaukee. Uh, I'd put the Hawks right there at three. Well, then I would put the Sixers, then the Knicks, maybe. But then again, I'm not sure. I'm not sh- actually no. I wouldn't even put the Knicks there. Maybe the Heat above the Knicks. Yeah. I can. Well, by the way, let's get to them next. Uh, they're the next team the in this division. No I can tell you the Hawks are no sleeper. No, they're not. And uh, Miami, let's get to them. Kyle yeah. Lowry with Butler, with Hero, with Robinson, with Adebayo, with Spolster as your coach. How does that help the Heat? It's going to make them dangerous. The Heat are definitely going to make noise. Remember, this team didn't. This team in 2020 was not too far away from winning an NBA final. Can I just not say this? Away. The Mi- the Miami Heat and Spolstra have finally got their second big three: Lowry, Butler, and Adebayo. I'd say that's a damn good big three. Yeah, and the fact that you have Duncan Robinson with Tyler Hero as a supporting cast around those big three. That's scary. That's scary. So, yes, the Heat will be fighting for a top four seed in the East. For sure. Yeah. For sure they'll be fighting for that. Would you rank Adebayo among the best big man in the NBA? Yes. He's right up there. Very he can much. move. He can defend. He moves laterally underneath the basket very well. He could knock down a three if you need him to. Every once in a while, he can hit. He drains that fifteen foot shot. He gets rebounds. Yeah, I, I see Adebayo as one of the best big men in the NBA today. Fair enough. As far as big men go, because not a lot of them have been great lately. This crop of big men in the NBA today, it's not like the days of Olajuwon, Ewing, and uh, Matumbo and all Back that. Then the NBA was a man's league. Back then, the NBA you had it still do. is. It still is. It's just the guards are dominating play. It's a big change. It's a change from what the league was in the 90s. It's a big change. But the Heat, will they fight for a top four seed in the East? Yes. Okay. I think it's fair. And I think the Heat will be – the Heat are going to be hanging around this year. They're going to be a threat. They're going to be a team that other teams need to be aware of. Let's go to the third team out of the Southeast. It's the Washington Wizards. Can I just say that here is your eighth seed? The Wizards, you think, are an eighth seed. With Dinwiddie and Beal? Well, the Wizards can make noise. I mean, with Westbrook. Spencer Dinwiddie is no joke. I know he's not a joke. I know he ain't. I've seen him with Brooklyn. I know what he's capable of doing. But is it enough with just him and Bradley Beal? Is that enough? The two of them alone can do a lot of things, but can they do everything? No, but they could definitely make. But, they, but in a weak Eastern Conference, they could definitely be an eighth seed. 
I don't see any reason why they wouldn't be teams that are like five games below 500 make the eighth seed in this in this conference. Yes, at least the play in. They, wouldn't they be end up in the play in scenario? I could definitely. If you don't see them finishing top ten, the Wizards really. No, well, we could see some. Look, we saw some. We saw them surprise the league a year ago. They surprised a lot of people getting in last year. Yep, and they do it again. I think Let's so. See. Is Bradley Beal? So we're definitely. Uh, I would say we shouldn't be sleeping on him to answer that no. third question. And do we rank Bradley Beal among the best shooting guards? He's yes. up there. He's up there. I don't know if he's quite the best one. I think we have not top five. Mm, not he's gonna top show five. me more. Yeah, not top five for me yet. I'm not now ready. here's the most interesting team in this division: the Hornets. Yeah, Lamelo Ball is the best young point guard in the NBA today, and yes, the Hornets won again today. And they're four and one now. They're now four and one are the Hornets. And as crazy as their father is, the Ball brothers, all of them have shown you something in the professional rankings, whether it be in the NBA, European League, or wherever they've been. And these guys are unselfish players. These are extremely unselfish basketball players. They pass first, and then you got Haywood and Washington and Rozier. You know what? This team could fight for a fifth or sixth seed in the Eastern Conference. You might have three playoff teams out of this uh, division here. And then there's the Magic. This Hornets team's got a pretty powerful crew. I'm not going to lie about it. Today, LaMelo Ball didn't even have his best game, and yet Gordon Hayward and Miles Bridges – Picked up the slack for him. But that's what that team is. That team is deep. They're not the, they don't have the best uh, in terms of uh, top end talent, but from one through eight or nine in that rotation, you're pretty much running out guys that are starter quality all across the NBA. A mellow ball makes everybody around him better. Yes, he does. That's what we're starting to see. And you're seeing that with Lonzo ball in Chicago as well. Alonzo Ball has helped the Bulls out so far tremendously. They're 4-0 to start the year. And, in fact, the Knicks are going to play the Bulls next. That should be a very interesting match if you're the Knicks. That's going to – you know what? I think I think advantage Chicago in that matchup. I think the Bulls are a better team right now. Yeah. But speaking- you never know. Let's see what this division has to offer us. And um, Chris is picking the Hawks, which I would – Agree with maybe, you know what, with Butler and Lowry, and I don't see the Heat losing this division. I, I again, I don't. I wouldn't sleep on the Hornets either. I wouldn't sleep on the on the Hornets either. You've got literally four teams here that are going to be in that play-in tournament. Yeah, the yeah. Heat are going to win this division. I, I'm sorry, Adebayo, Lowry. Butler, that's a big three. Where's uh the Hawks' big three? They have one. Well, you have Clint Capella. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, is Capella right. better than Butler? Because I'm I know because you're gonna you're gonna put Lowry next to Trey, and you'd pick Trey over Lowry now. Now, but is uh Capella better than Butler? Is he better than Adebayo? No. Capella can do a lot of things for a big man like Adebayo. He can score, but not a three point shooter. He's just a kind of in the paint type of scorer. 
And then, and then who are you throwing out there against Hero and Robinson? Well, if you're Atlanta, you have Cam Reddish. I mean, he can, he can definitely do some things. You have obviously, you know, you have Herder, you have Kevin Herder. He can, he's definitely shown the type of scoring touch that he's got. Gallinari, if he's healthy, when he's healthy, Gallinari can add a little more to this offense. And then of course, uh, Bogdanovich adds another extra scoring touch. So we saw the Hawks death last year. We saw what the Hawks were capable of doing last year. I think the Heat are a better team. I'd like to see every time the Hawks and the Heat throw down how those I think Spolstra is a better coach. Better than that? Better Spolstra than that? Is better Nate than Ellen? Yeah, yeah. Spolstra is better than Nate McMillan. Are you kidding me? I'm not saying I'm not denying what Spolstra's done in the playoffs. I'm not denying Spolstra's resume at all. But then how could you tell Nate me that Nate McMillan, turned the Hawks a- and Nate McMillan turned the Hawks around from a below average team to a competitive team? Spolster has completed the rebuild of the Miami Heat after the big three left. He's Fair. completed the rebuild, literally brought on a bunch of young players, raised them up to where they are today. And then they added guys like Butler. Then they added Lowry. Mm-hmm. You're going to tell me that Spolstra isn't a better coach than McMillan. You're out of your mind. However, the Hornets will be involved in this as well. Here's the uh, here, here's the caveat here, right? Yeah. Who wins the Southeast for you? Who wins it, the Southeast? It's going to be Miami, but 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 if LaMelo Ball and Gordon Hayward can really get going together and form a chemistry, that's going to be a problem. And well, Trey Young, he, he's shown you his ability to take over a game. Mm-hmm. So while I'm going to say this is probably the weakest of my picks to win a division, I'm going to go with Miami okay. over I'm, Atlanta. I'm what about you? Say, I'm going to say Atlanta for me. I, I think Atlanta just has too much firepower. And again, you have to hope LaMelo Ball doesn't get hurt again like he did last year when that seemed to kind of take the, the wind out of the sails of the Hornets when they were kind of you were starting to see LaMelo Ball really kind of carry begin to carry the team and you really saw what he could bring to the table and an injury just kind of unfortunately cut short his season which really was unfortunate for me but yeah the hornets are going to need him healthy if they're going to have a shot without him i don't think the hornets take the southeast i think this is going to go to atlanta yeah the heat well again the heat are only as good as if their five can stay healthy Adebayo, I know he'll carry the team. I know he will. Butler stays healthy. Butler, yeah. Again, Kyle you know, Lowry stays there. healthy. Let's see what happens. Like Let's the one happens. thing I've noticed about these players on the Heat, do any of them have legitimately troubling injury histories? No, no. But again, you're playing in a very competitive Southeast. It's a very competitive division, and. A little skid by a, any of these teams could be the difference of who wins and who loses. Like I said, I think we have four. I think we have three legit playoff teams, potentially four. We shall potentially see. four. Let's now let's go to the now. last conference of the NBA, the Southwest of the West. Let's conference. start with the Dallas Mavericks. Mm. Mark Cuban. Mm. Got to give the Mavericks credit. They always seem to find a way to be in, in the 
in the playoff picture as they always are. And Luka Doncic has transformed the Dallas Mavericks from the days of Dirk Nowitzki. And Kristaps Porzingis is out the door. Incredible how that chemistry didn't last, right? Thought it would last forever, right? You know, Porzingis wanted to be a Maverick, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, now Porzingis is unemployed, right? (laughs) Well, can you imagine, and this is probably going to sound so uh, cliche, I'm sure very funny, but right now, uh, obviously, uh, back injury for Porzingis is what he has right now. He's uh, so we'll see, but you imagine if he ever goes back to the Knicks. No, the way the Knicks are built now, he'll never go back. He'll never go back. Yeah. But yeah, right now, the Mavericks have been carrying the load without Porzingis at the helm right now. It's been all Luka Doncic. Well, Luka Doncic is one of the best players in the NBA. I mean, he's top five in the league. So can we say that that tandem with Luka and KP was a disaster? Yes. Yeah. Yes. I think we could. The gigantic disaster. However, Hardaway Jr. isn't a disaster. Oh, uh, wasn't he a disaster? Well, he was a disaster when he was a Nick. He did not a disaster anywhere else. He goes, he's fine. Tim Hardaway Jr. No. So, which leads to the third question with the Mavericks: Can that? Can the trio of Luka Doncic, Tim Hardaway Jr., and Smith lead the Mavericks no. To championship? No. 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 Why? No. Because they're not named LeBron James. They're not named uh, the L.A. Lakers. You know, that's who's winning. Well, the that's Lakers getting out of the West. Well, right now, the Lakers have uh, not really played great to start the year. And I'm, I'm a little concerned about that. Right now, the Lakers are two and two to start the year. They've been up and down. Uh, right now, LeBron is hurt, by the way, I might add. Hmm. So that happens. Yeah, I mean, you know, LeBron is not getting any younger. He's he's 37. He's getting young. He's not getting any younger. Those injuries are starting to happen more frequently with him. It's going to start hindering his ability to be the scorer that he once was. So you have to wonder, are we seeing the Lakers have to start getting rid of some of these dead weights? Are they going to have to start maybe down the road, depending on what happens, blowing it all up and you know, starting all over again? Probably. But let's not focus on them. The no. Mavericks are not winning a championship this year. Let's move on to the next team in this division. The Grizzlies. Mm. Steven Adams was added to the Grizzlies. You already have Dylan Brooks and Ja Morant. What does Steven Adams add to the Grizzlies? Does he make them more dangerous? Maybe. I mean, Maybe. how do I put it? Too little, too late, not enough. Too like, little, too late, not enough. I don't think it's enough. I don't think Steven Adams is enough to get the Grizzlies over the top. At least putting a big man there. You you saw how John Morant could carry the Grizzlies by himself. Yes. You saw it. But you need Brooks to be there, too. You need Brooks to step up. Okay. Because, yeah, if you put those three, I mean, John Morant then becomes that much more dangerous. You put playing with him. It's We've seen the Grizzlies. In the I'm South not South sure. South deep. Seen are it. they gonna? But are they gonna be a playoff team? Like that's the thing. You're still questioning their legitimacy as a playoff team at this point. Are Are you sure they're even gonna make the postseason? That Western Conference is extremely competitive. We've talked about the Western Conference. That is. let's talk about that competitive Western Conference. Let's get in that third team in the division. We'll we'll we'll, we'll pick them in a minute. The Spurs. Antonio. Ah, yes. Greg Popovich. 
Every year they ask this question, is Pop going to retire? I don't think Popovich is going to retire until God decides he's going to retire. Okay. Um, I I don't think Popovich retires anytime soon. So, no, I don't think he's going anywhere until the Spurs are at least in a better position than they're in now. He Um, He has a young team. Now does Popovich. He doesn't have the same crew that he used to have from the good old days when you had the likes of Tim Duncan and Robinson Rodman for a little while. They're on the bottom of this division. However, however, we have written the Spurs off before. We've said they were done. We've said they have no chance. Uh, Oh, they're going to be a draft lottery pick team and all this other stuff. A Popovich coach team can surprise you at any time. He definitely knows how to scout players better than anybody else in the NBA. I I think that's been made apparent. Look at the players he's discovered. Um, Duncan. uh, Let's. uh, Oh, yeah. Kawhi Leonard. Guy guy by the name of Kawhi Leonard. You know, used to be a spur. You have Dewante Murray now, you know. And is he ready to be the next great? Spur, or is he just a flash in the pan? Yeah. What is he? Please tell me. I mean, Dewante Murray can definitely lead a team. He's taken over. We've seen what he can do. But again, he's he's 25 years old now. He's been in the league now since 2016. We're still we're still kind of waiting with him. It's like that, it's like that Julius Randle sort of wait. Like you're waiting and you know it's there, but is it coming? Are you sure? He was a very he was a he was the 29th pick in the 2016 draft. He came out of Washington. And you know, again, you you know he had some he's again he's had some okay scoring games. I mean he's he's done he's averaging 15.3 points per game. So far, Look, he, the answer is, I don't know, but he but, hasn't. Yeah. But in the NBA, he's barely been topping out at about 10 points per game so far in three years. Well, three years, only 10 points per game and that's three years, well, 10 points per game. Well, now 18 with an he missed all of 2018, 19 with an ACL. And then, yeah, in his beginnings, obviously, he was still a young kid. He didn't play as many games. But so far, over the last three years, he's averaging about 10, 15, 15 per game a year. Points. And here's the thing. Here's the thing. At least now the Spurs have a completely young team, very young roster. You know, maybe this is the time to see what you've got with him because now he's going to get the bulk of the playing time. He's going to get the bulk of the attempts. We're going to see what Mr. Murray can actually do. Third question is, will the Spurs have the first pick of the draft for the first time since 1998 when they drafted Tim Duncan? Um you know how the NBA draft lottery works. It's never, uh, it's never, I don't know. I don't know. It's never a guarantee who gets the first pick. The Knicks should have had the first pick a couple of years ago. I don't know who, whose job is it to fix the lottery balls. That, yeah. That's I thought uh, the team, I always thought the team with the worst record should have the number one draft pick, right? The Knicks have well, the worst would, record two years ago. Well, uh, unless you're in the NBA, then you live in bizarro land where a team like the Warriors can get a higher draft pick than you when they didn't make the play. How many times have we seen this stuff where there's a team that almost makes the playoffs that gets into the draft lottery and then they draft in the top three? Oh, by the way, let's talk about another one of these teams. New Orleans. Pelicans. Yep. Zion Williamson. Oh, my God. Zion Williamson. The most overhyped. 
the most overhyped rookie I've rookie player, somebody who was supposed to be an all-star that I've ever seen. And right now he's got a foot injury. Right now he's undergoing scans on a foot injury. And who knows if he's going to miss time with that injury. Zion Williamson is the NBA's version of Saquon Barkley. All of the talent and the God-given ability in the world. But you don't see it because they're never on the court or on the field. And even if they are, who's healthy around them? No one. And I think it's very clear as of right now. Remember, he came out of the 2019 class with R.J. Barrett and Ja Morant. And who of those three have emerged so far as the perennial all-star? It's been Ja Morant. It's been been Ja Morant. Morant. And right now, I would... uh considering the fact that Zion's missed so much time, I'd put Barrett and Zion right on the same level at this point. Because Barrett's still developing and he hasn't helped out his team much. And Zion, even though Barrett's not gotten hurt for the most, for the majority of his time with the Knicks, at least Barrett's gone out there and played and he tries and wants to get That's why you see, that's I'm not saying Zion doesn't want to get better, but that's why I put them on the same level at this point. I would put, I would put Zion and uh, Barrett at the same level at this point because Zion hasn't been on the court enough. No. So is New Orleans a playoff team? I don't know. How many games does Zion play? Yeah. How many games does Zion play this year? That that really really determines it. Can Ingram be an all-star? Well, Ingram, it'll be a very good question to see about him. And right now, again, as you mentioned, how many games has Zion played? Remember his first season Zion in his rookie year Zion missed half the year so let's take a look at how many games this man has played his first year he played a grand total of 24 games even though he averaged 22 and a half points he played only 24 games in 2019-2020 last year he played 61 so in two years when you should have played 162 games roughly in an NBA 164 games roughly in an NBA career. Zion in two years has played half of that, 85. He's played 85 games in two years. You know, before this uh, radio personality retired, Mike Francesa had something to say about Zion Williamson. He said he looked too soft. Looked too soft? Yeah. Like, yeah, he's big, he's bruising, he's a bully, but... Zion Williams has 284 pounds. He's 284 pounds at six foot six. Yeah, but let me just say this. Mm -hmm. He might be big. Is he chiseled? Is he like one of those chiseled out of stone people? Or did he, when he came into the league, a lot of people were wondering about his conditioning. Yes. They were thinking about his conditioning and, uh, could he go at that size and at that size with that tremendous weight on that six foot eight frame? There had been frame. There had been fans talking about weight issues with him. Even fans were concerned about him who was having weight issues. In fact, going into this year, Zion was over 300 pounds. Yeah. So you're going to tell me 
that a damn near 300 pound man is going to be durable when you have to run up and down a court jump. And by the way, a lot of Zion's game um, revolves around the basket, jumping, rebounding, driving the basketball, slam dunks. All of these things require your legs. And if you're running now, look, I'm a big guy. However, if I started running up and down a basketball court, I'd break both hips because I'm big. Zion, while he might be big, but very well conditioned, is still big. There's only so much pressure joints and bones and tendons can take. Take a look. Uh, for people I can't see it, well, people won't be able to see this, but I have pulled up two pictures of Zion from 2019 and currently in 2021. Notice the difference? Oh, oh. Zion has grown into his body that, a lot. The, the top one is this year. The bottom one was his rookie year. Wait, what? Yeah, it's in reverse, John. It's in reverse. No, 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 no. The one on the bottom has to be the one that, that this is the Zion that's good, right? No. I'm afraid, John, it's not. No, no. So that, what? The slim down Zion that you see was from 2019. So that, the 2019 Zion, the one, the slim down one, that was the one that everybody was afraid was too overweight. And then the guy up top, he looks like he's three times the size he was down there. Remember what I said? He had weight issues going into this year. Fans I mean, noticed it. He was over 300 pounds. At 284 now is where he is now. But yeah, for some players and for people like him, I mean, when you want to have breakout speed and stuff, that added bulk is going to slow you down. Added and then going from above, in your by age. the way, going, going from 300 plus to 284 and having like dramatic weight loss like that. Like if you lose 20 pounds in a matter of a couple of months, you could set yourself up for injury. Hmm. You could literally set yourself up to get hurt. So, you know, Zion not keeping up with his, uh, and I, I know I sound like such a hypocrite saying this, not keeping up with his weight. I mean, but look, if I were paid millions upon millions of dollars to watch my weight and to be healthy, I would be, uh, that's what I'd be doing. Yeah. Well, right now, Zion has to get himself back into the Zion form that we remember from his rookie year. So right now, if healthy, is Zion the best young player in the NBA? If he's healthy, I want to see it. If it's a 2019 Zion, then I could maybe agree with that question. Trey Young is one of the best young. I think Trey Young is the best young player in the NBA today. I think no doubt about it. I think no doubt. Maybe John Trey Young is. Yeah, I'd say Trae John Young Morant is ahead of him. A run. I'd say John Morant gives him a little run for his money. Trey Young is ahead of uh, Zion. John Morant is ahead of Zion. I'm talking about as far as between Trey Young and John Morant. I think John Morant's uh, slightly bit better than Trey. Yeah, but both of them are still better than Zion. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Better. Yes. 100%. Who's a better young player, Lamelo Ball or Zion Williamson? Lamelo Ball, hands down. Lamelo Ball. So again, how many games has Zion played? There you go. So, Brandon Ingram, is he ready when, to start? Don't know. Now, yet. my question is this. My question is this. When are we going to stop overhyping Zion 
and start criticizing him like he deserves to be. When are we going to stop the overhyping of Zion Williamson and the alt and literally like the altar worship? Well, if we see Zion step on the court and we don't see the breakout speed and the breakout explosiveness that we saw in his rookie year, then we'll know something's not right with Zion. Then we'll know. Well, he needs to be on the court for us to find out if he can even do it. Yep. And then finally, we go to our last team in the Southwest. I mean, do we really need to talk about the Houston Rockets? Uh, we'll get Creighton on to do that. Yeah. Uh, he, he can talk about that. <laughs> I, I don't want to talk about something so positive. <laughs> we need the positively depressing. Yep. So Chris is picked to win the Southwest division. Uh, Chris calls the Southwest the weakest division in the NBA. It is. And it said at one point, this was a pretty strong division when the Spurs were on top of the world, the Mavericks, the Grizzlies, you know, this would have been, I would say, a competitive division if it was the case, but it's not. You got two teams that are going to finish in the bottom five, in the bottom of the top eight. That's likely the Pelicans and the Rockets with the way they're going. Well, the Pelicans, I thought, were going to be a playoff team, possibly. Yeah, but I don't know. if The if, Mavs if, will be a playoff team. The Grizzlies, I think, will. I don't know about the Spurs. I don't, I don't think the Spurs. The Grizzlies, I think the Grizzlies and the Pelicans are on that same – level of can they make the playoffs can they not play in tournament ish type level well chris believes hell rockets rebuilding with jalen green can maybe can he hopefully james harden 2.0 no Uh, the pelicans might have the best young 3410 and ingram and williamson if healthy the spurs i know we shouldn't doubt popovich but other than dewante murray who do they have no one Morant. Well, no, we don't know. They probably have four players that we haven't heard of yet, and we'll find out who they are about this year when the Spurs win 50 games. Watch. John Morant, Dylan Brooks, and Jackson Jr. could. And now, obviously, you've added Steven Adams to that mix. A trio that's on the rise, but can they make the next step? And then the Mavericks have Luka Doncic. Can him and Hardaway Jr. alone lift the Dallas Mavericks up to the top of that Southwest? But Chris believes... This is the Mavericks division to lose. So he believes the Mavericks win the Southwest. I think Luke is better than a lot of the players that we've mentioned that are the rest in this division. I'm sorry. I know everybody who's a John Morant fan is going to be mad at me. Luka Doncic is better. Yeah. Well, nobody burst onto the scene scoring the basketball like Luka has in what? Barely three years in the league. And he's already taken the the last person that we've seen get there's two people that we've seen get into the game and score at this level in three years. Okay. One of them is named LeBron James and the other one was named Michael Jordan. Kobe you, didn't even come on that strong. In you his think Luca is on track with Jordan and LeBron? Well, in terms of uh, him, him coming into the league, lighting the world on fire and scoring like crazy. Yeah. I'm not saying he's going to match their production and have their careers. No way. All I'm saying is if you're going to compare and contrast his start, the two names you got to compare and contrast it to were LeBron and Michael. Because when they both came in the league, they set the league on fire. So we haven't seen anybody do something like this. This kind of a start to a career is like a generational type deal, like a generational player type deal. I think Luca 
is on track to be the best player in the league. And we will find out. We will find out. The NBA season is still young. We're barely, what, four games in? By the by, this is the Mavericks division to lose. However, I think they'll lose it. I I think the Mavericks take this division. I think I don't. I don't know if the Grizzlies quite have enough where they could run down Luca and the Mavs. I just I think if the Pelican, I think if the Pelicans stay healthy, it's their division. That's a very big if. If they stay healthy, though, and if if they stay healthy and Zion is everything that we said he was going to be. When he came out of that draft, that's the key. This whole, th- that whole entire division lives and dies on how many games does Zion Williamson play and how effective is he in those games? Well, we will find out. The NBA season is still young and just beginning to roll along. Whew, so but, that just literally finished our basketball edition. Yeah. Want to thank Chris for providing us with these NBA two on twos. We are going to dive in some more next week. We will have, well, we'll be talking our own local team, our old college team, Brooklyn college next week. I want to thank Chris DeLarge for the NBA two on twos. And of course uh, the world series will roll on as Atlanta and Houston will battle it out for the 2021 world series title. You can now listen to Downtown Sports on, get this now, we have a 16th platform, ladies and gentlemen. What? Yes. How many more places on the internet exist for you to listen to us? Yeah. So now we're on 16 platforms. We're on Anchor, Breaker, Spotify, Radio Public, Overcast, Pocket Cast, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, CastBox, Bullhorn, Podbay, Listen Notes, Podcast Addict, Verbal, Castro.fm, and now we are on Stitcher, our 16th platform, Stitcher. Wow, we're, we're moving up in the world, Stitcher. Yes, Stitcher. So now you can hear us on 16 platforms, rants, episodes, digital market battle specials. Just like, like this, this one. Every Tuesday, Wednesday. Want to thank also our researcher, Tony Mainville. Yes. Our producer, Shout out to Girl Friday. Also, shout out to Saffron for providing us with the Twitter updates and all posting of our show, keeping it out there for the world to listen. You know what? I just got to say one thing before we go. www.digitalmarketbattles.com. Get your discovery call done today for the Beast of the East. Jonathan Perriente, I'm the mouth of the South. John Chavoni saying, we're out. Thanks for listening. Goodbye.